Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go. The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam. Brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course features, you know, like, kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, friends and neighbors, assorted strangers, new members to our congregation. No. <laughs> Nothing creepy. Hello, welcome to episode number 96 of the Best Linux Games Podcast being recorded for you on this absolutely disgusting, humid, intolerable, hellish, Las Vegas, midnight, 1216, on this, a Sunday, on the 28th. Of August 2016. 2016 08 28 for the likes of you and me, civilized people who ascribe and believe in using a consistent time date format that does something other than describe random gibberish. Yes, anyway, that moment aside, whoa, it's, I can already taste the torrent of unspeakably weird unmanageable insanity that is going to explode violently across the airwaves even though the internet doesn't have waves or air really but anyway it's all going to happen right now it's going to be 
a carnage festival. Say it with me. Carnage festival. This, this is going to be the one that's going to do me in. <laughs> and did they dare? Yes, they dared. So we have a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Kind of a stark counter- counterbalance to the somewhat, you know, not as busy as usual uh, episode last week. So let's get cracking. Let's get working on this rundown. Hey, Ivor, crack engineer Ivor Molina at the helm in the booth. He's the guy with knobs, sliders, faders, and you are not alone as you marvel at the incomprehensible complexity arrayed before him. You are not alone when you say that you have absolutely no idea the significance of any of those controls because Ivor is right there by your side just as completely... I'm just kidding. I told you, Ivor, I had a bad feeling about this one. It's going to be fucking gonzo balls out crazy. So, oh yes, whiskey. Cheers, Ivor Molina says hi. So, our top stories this week. Mm, Top stories of this week need to start with some fucking whiskey. It is for your safety more so than for mine. Oh my god. That was good. Oh, okay. So our top stories this week. First of all, kind of a show note. We are going to have a video of the week for this week. I know the title and I have like the... um, I have two iterations of it. We're in post-production on the video, the video of the week for episode 96. It's not here yet, but it's coming soon. Like, it should be here by, like, mm, Sunday afternoon. So, just thought I'd throw that out there. Even though no one seems to like our videos of the week at all, I'm okay with that. You know, not everyone likes everything. And not everyone likes the same things. That's why I have to crush you into a perfect clone of your neighbor until you complete. <laughs> okay, so video of the week coming in the works. Don't be afraid. Second top story. As a follow-up to uh, one of the reviews we ran last week of a little game, a little game known as... Yeah, see, this is a place. This is a place, yeah. Hit me with the sweetness, Ivor. Come on, drop it and you know what I want. <laughs> yeah, don't get smart, see? Ah. Don't get smart. You better consume. <laughs> Straight from the heart, Dixie. The immortal, inimitable. <laughs> Comedic and musical genius. That was Sammy Davis Jr. Um, yeah, so we're talking about, uh, what, what was it? Louis Chamalier, yeah. You see, I run things here in this here, uh, waterfront. Yeah, it's called San Francisco, see? And you're gonna do things my way. Is that what you're Robinson, not Humphrey Bogart? Don't you fucking look at me. <laughs> I would kill for a piece of tape of Edward G. Robinson saying, like, full bore captured by a studio open mic. Now you fucking look at me! (laughs) 
I would kill for that 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 piece of tape. Anyway, so last week we reviewed the gritty noir, um, turgid, narrative heavy, police management. Did my choose your own? It's not choose your own adventure. It's like a police management game with a lot of dialogue and a lot of character, a lot of heart, a lot of heart. See, I, I like that. You got spunk. I hate spunk. <laughs> um, and my conclusion to that review was far from the rock solid, completely dependable, 100% this is where I stand. And as your fearless leader, Robot Winston Churchill will lead you to an unquestionable, irrefutable, total victory, dominating and enslaving all who oppose us from the future in space. It's very far from that kind of tone. It, it ended on this kind of very noir-esque ambig- note of tepid ambiguity in which, really, when you thought about it, difference between right and wrong in a situation like that wasn't really a difference that any moral human being would ever want to arbitrate. Yeah, see? So, we we have this very foggy, kind of convoluted, mixed, non-conclusion, I guess. I was disappointed with the way that that review ended up. And, you know, just as I planned, I went on over this following week to continue to play This is a Police. And after another four-ish hours, I have completely... I have one position. These are facts. Stick to them. It's my story. How do you think you're going to beat this out of me? <laughs> Knocking around like some dumb hoodlum. I'm Louis Shamali. Oh my god. I'm stuck in Edward G. Robinson mode. I'm vapor locked into Edward G. Robinson. This is, this is, this is already not a portent of a short, sane, logical podcast. So anyway, here's my final, final, final total verdict and summary judgment of This is the Police. Four hours of it, revisiting it, for four more hours was surprisingly more painful than I had expected. And I already knew the type of pain to expect because I, I had started the game over f- after getting nine hours into it and then had to replay, you know, um, through all that stuff that I had already played. So that was, you know, I thought that was a pretty, thought I, I thought I'd been pretty well acquainted with what I could ex- The next four hours, really rapidly descended into not an entirely unpleasant, but very much felt like I was, that me and this game were not pulling on the same rope, and one of us doesn't have emotions, because it's a software program, and is therefore like basically demi-automata or whatever. And the other active party in this transaction does have emotions and my emotions were telling me that me and this game were not pulling on the same rope we did not share the same goals values or respect the same things <laughs> uh, in a game as each other which was a surprising departure because I, I, it's, 
I was I, I had really grown to enjoy the game. So here is I wrote a brief blurb reflecting, you know, what you can regard now. What you can regard now as the final permanent record of our position on this is the police. I actually wrote this out too. I oh and by the way, I still haven't beaten it, but I mm. Anyway, I back up more or less the final wishy-washy verdict that we reached in last week's episode, which basically amounted to this is the police is a big, flawed, ambitious, broad game with this fantastically detailed story and characters that are so um, elaborately drawn and painstakingly depicted, even if not entirely consistently perfect in every moment of the representation, Overall, it's very effective, and you get to know these characters, you get to care about these characters, you get to understand these characters in a way that you could never understand, specifically the main character, your character. You could never come to the understanding or see the world the way this game gets you to see this guy's world, unless it was in a video game. And in that broad, you know, blah, goal, they really... They really came very close to succeeding. Unfortunately, you know, close is, close is wonderful for things that don't involve science, precision, ballistic missile trajectories, complex computations, moon landings, physics, programming, and unfortunately, video games as well. Close very frequently for me is almost worse than coming close to being the game that, you know, the awesome game that everyone wants the game to be very frequently is worse for me on an emotional level than a game that is further away from close. Close in a game like this that obviously so much time and effort and and a real good old college try went into this and it was ambitious and and innovative and has a, a tone and style and structure that is completely unique to it and imparts a play experience that is artistic in its own right and is laudable as an attempt Unfortunately, kind of like the Titanic. Well, okay, so nothing like the Titanic. Well, kind of like the Titanic. Kind of like any great sweeping, overarching, gigantic, impossibly ambitious plan that has to actually uh, face the acidic, harsh, harsh, glaring spotlight of reality. You know, you got to look at your shadow, see? Shadow's part of you, too. I can see this. Your face, Swan, you don't love me. You gotta face reality 
in the development process. And you can just feel the agony of these guys who've put every every ounce of their abilities and best efforts to bear and not without excellent effects in places and you know, achieving if anything uh, a noble attempt which is in of itself laudable but is not in of itself a great game because you can feel where where the game just got out of out of control in terms of what they were trying to do and what they had implemented versus what they had time left to do before pushing it out the door and it's games like this that always have made me you know kind of heartsick especially a game like this that's first game from an independent studio it's a fabulous first effort and you know just like everyone's first game of course it's way too ambitious tries to do too much and and ultimately succumbs and is collapsed and crushed by the weight of these unsustainable obligations and stuff and so in, in short i i know i'm spending way too much time on this but like really this is a police i did not even I wanted to hate this is po- the police from the second I started playing it. You know, I was there to hate the game. Literally. I thought it looked like a game the type of which I generally loathe. And it it overwhelmed me with its with, with a lot of snappy, excellent, thoughtful, creative, you you know, you somewhat innovative, somewhat unique um, tone and storytelling style and art style, visual style, just overall sense of polish and etc. But ultimately I have to say that I kind of agree with anyone who says that this is the police ultimately ultimately gets hijacked by like first merely repetitive gameplay and then eventually repetitive and frustrating gameplay um yeah and so I really want to give this game its due and I, I, I you know it's the first game from these guys I tried to contact them for a review long before um our previous review ran they don't want to talk to me. I don't know. Like, I'm nice to talk to. And I'm a really good interviewer who's been doing this for a lot of years. None of our victims and subjects have ever filed any form of complaint. Now, um, but I really wanted to give this game its due. And I, I just, I, but I, not only does it not get, you know, the highest award possible for me to confer as the editor of, you know, the best Linux games podcast, um, which would be like, you know, it's worth full price at, at its full price. It's, it's a deeply flawed game, which gave me 
20 some odd really, 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 really good hours. But ultimately, and in kind of surprising implosion style rapidity, really just, just, you know, becomes, becomes a victim of those essential gameplay elements can't be overlooked, can't be ignored, and can't be sidestepped, and you've kind of begins to feel a lot like a real job, because all you want to do is get more of the story by that point, but you have to keep playing the game, which is exactly the same stuff that you were doing before. If anything, more convoluted, less predictable, and filled with frustrating, random, questionable, arbitrary decisions that seem like they were thrown in at last minute to balance out other flawed aspects of the game and to, to give to flesh out the actual game with a campaign that is as long and and uh, to scale in terms of length to support the hugely detailed story, narrative, artistic style, and voice acting, and script, all of which, hey, this is, you lost today, kid. I mean, it sucks to have to say this about someone's first game, especially like an independent studio, and I don't know how many people worked on this game. I asked for an info sheet, but I could not get anything from these guys. It was really weird. Um... And I desperately really wanted to interview them because I thought that we share, and I know we do share, in fact, so many things that we like in common just based off of you can see the the influences, the, th- the things that they like that, that, that led them to make stylistic decisions and narratives. And it hurts. That's life. It's a city, kid. Yeah, you played a good game. You brought a lot of noise, a lot of heart. Got your teeth handed to you. Have some breaks. It's got heart and has a story to tell. And it really wants to sing you that story. But that's true. Every gambler born too late. It's a harsh reality. That's hard boy world out there. Wake up. Hmm. They play for keeps. Now get gloves. So yeah. This is the police. Mmm. So close. So close to a home run. Right out of the park. Luckily, it's only your first time at bat. So, wow, now that now that I just feel like I Honestly and as earnestly and as thoughtfully as possible, like I feel like I just butchered someone's fucking patiently assembled dream that they designed exclusively to want you to love it so it could love you better. <laughs> and I just guillotined and gutted it. That's what it feels like, especially with a game like this that has so many aspects of it that they got so right in such huge proportions. Um, really, a, a logistical achievement, a, a, 
if only f- for the storyboarding and script sequences and, and, and visual style, camera, di- camera direction over these, you know, graphic, ah, all of it totally perfect in tone, unfortunately, like the Grim Reaper, the horrible, horrible real, Intolerable reality of the actual gameplay eventually brings itself to bear. Definitely take a look at it, though. Um, I-, I think you can play it for like 10 hours under the Steam return policy. Um, I was particularly disappointed, though, only really being completely let down and, you know, f- really frustrated with the game after 20 hours. I mean, it's like, oh, fuck me harder, you cocksuckers. I mean, I'm not calling the developers cocksuckers, but it's like, oh, you fucking assholes. You have to get me hooked. And that's when you make the game. You know, the playtesting just goes off the charts in terms of like, oh, yeah. At this point is exactly where everyone began to start clawing their eyes out and begging for euthanasia. Predominantly due to complaints of arbitrary, insane, repetitious, frustrating ah, game. <laughs> so you you hook me. You wait until I'm absolutely hooked. Twenty hours. So I'm now your slave, and that's when, as Abraham Lincoln said, the bottom goes out of the tub. Fucking art and design and technology. Fucking brutal. And it's the breaks. Oh, and I've been there too. Oh, God. Anyway, so that is This is the Police. A fantastic first effort. I cannot wait to see what uh, this this independent studio, based out of London, can't wait to see what they come up with next. Even just, you know, a whispered rumor of what they might be thinking of tackling, you know. 18 more months, you know, something like that. Up and comers. Keep your eye on them. So, uh, finally in our top stories, this is, I told you, this is going to just be a total unmitigated catastrophist disasterthon of blood curdling insanity. Finally in our top stories. I, but I didn't want to give that game its due. It deserves it. Finally in our top stories, I should probably inform you that this week we have a feature for you. It's a topical feature, kind of unlike anything we've ever done before. This feature is called From the Depths Is It For You? Which we're going to spend some time talking about what From the Depths is, who it's for, and if this game might actually be for you. So that, that's all we have for our new and noteworthy. You know, if every, uh, aspect of this rundown takes as long as the first two items on, uh, I mean, for, for, uh, first two items in the rundown for our top stories, we will be here until, in the mortal words of Sammy Diffie, I will be here until Hanukkah. <laughs> we may see a whole new year <laughs> before the end of this episode, but lots of cool stuff ahead cool new and no oh yeah yeah ivor that means you 
Yes? No. Remind me to cue Ivor with that 200,000 volt jolt wired to the back of his chair. Maybe that he would know that this mage rolls a bumper. Roll the bumper, you prick! Ah! <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, my God. It's, like, stormy and humid and disgusting out here. My allergies. And I got Ivor Molina. He is running the show. So, new and noteworthy this week. Lots of new big games available this week for Linux. The GNU slash Linux operating system. The only choice of sane, rational, technically literate, hard-as-fuck, two-fisted madmen who believe in the future, and even more than that, they believe in staking their claim to a portion of its control. <laughs> so first off, we have, uh, oh, absolutely drop-dead, stunning title that I know you have eagerly, you've anticipated the drop date for this one, as much as any game from, you know, your teens and early childhood, yes, I am very pleased to tell you here on this show that Sakura Shine Girls is now... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who cares about Sakura Shine? Ah, yes! Ah! Interactive visual novel porn! That fails at being interactive or novel and is very definitely does not share <laughs> my concepts of <laughs> what constitutes pornography. Oh my god, Ivor has lost his mind. Oh wait, that's me. You're right, Ivor. So, not Sakura Shine Girls, <laughs> uh, but a little game called What? The fuck? Oh, yeah, okay. Ah, man. This is already going so well, right? Could not possibly get worse, right? Oh, it can. Long-time listeners of the show will testify. (laughs) (laughs) Give me ramming speed, Ivor! So our first new and noteworthy game is actually a really fucking badically cool game. Not kidding. It's called Star Mazer DSP. That's S-T-A-R-R-M-A-Z-E-R, uh, colon DSP. It, oh yeah! Prepare to get wrecked, bitches! If this music didn't remind me of, like, a horrible... 80s hairstyle commercial set in a gym? This would be way cooler, but I am dancing. Okay, so... (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so this is a wicked cool badass fucking game. I haven't played it 
super a lot because it came out yesterday, August 26th. But here's what Star Mazer DSP bills itself. Their copy, not mine. 15 years after humanity's glorious victory over the pacifist gal, gal, the aliens have returned, as they are so oft want, want to do, with a fleet and the unabashed hatred for humans they need to use it. That sentence defied making sense in three different branching ways of choosing the least likely way of not managing to not make sense. That's a really spectacularly bad sentence. <laughs> Hall of Fame material right there. Anyway, but lock and load with the last remnants of mankind's resistance in DSP, a retro sexy roguelike shoot 'em up set in the Star Mazer universe. I don't know about you, but this critic journalist, reviewer, beloved audio host, wanted, known, serial killer, and famous TV personality. Speaking for myself, the Star Mazer universe is one which, although I have never heard of, I am sure that I have already rapidly grown to know and love and cherish. Actually, I have. So here's the deal with Star Mazer DSP, which was one of the videos that was supposed to be our video of the week. Ugh! It does not like to record this game for some reason. It's some like magical combination of like refresh rates, resolution, and just fucking, oh, look, crunch bang is happening every time we try to record this video. Oh, yeah. Hmm. So we'll see what we can make happen. But here's what's so cool about Star Mazer DSP. It is absolutely your mm, 16-bit retro-style, pixel-style, side-scrolling, space shooter designed with a combination of um, combination of formation and uh, uh, you know overall action, like in terms of like the way you, the opposition comes at you. Uh, that's like a cross kind of between a weird, weird early, uh, Psycho, like their first strikers game, but crossed with like Gradius, but also faster than either one of them. And of course, strikers was top down, but this is side scrolling. So it's really cool though. It is absolutely instantaneously fun. That's the first thing I can tell you. If you like side scrolling shooters, this is an instantaneously super fun game. But wait, there's more. The really wicked pisser awesomeness happens in Star Mazer when you first experience total crushing defeat and having lost all your lives. Instead of a continue screen popping up, there's no tutorial for this either. So like when I was playing this game and I was completely drunk out of my mind, I was making decisions in these menus that like, you know, kind of seemed like the, where the, the other thing that you know, normally, and I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck has just happened? Instead of a continue screen popping up, you're presented with the opportunity to spend, to use the points that you've accumulated, your actual score points. To recruit new pilots, each pilot occupying like a slot where like a life would traditionally go, 
and each pilot having their own statistics, personality, approach, and um, fairly uh, fairly, you know, uh, divergent and distinct from the rest of the packs um, approaches and weapons and playstyles and blah 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 that is super wicked pisser awesome so you have to pay these pots you can, I think you can only get three and you continue with these three other pilots each time one of them dies that's it for that pilot and that aircraft. Next up in the slot. Now, this is made even cooler by the fact that the more points you spend on an individual pilot, it directly translates into vastly greater improvements in like shields, um, offensive capabilities, etc., over like rank jobbers that you can get like so like generally when I you know I've only played the game like 20 minutes or whatever generally when I lose my third ship which means it's time to recruit some new pilots happens at somewhere around like you know 127 million yeah 127,000 which is like 5 minutes into the game so you have 127,000 points you can buy pilots who are perfectly acceptable for like 9,000 points and predictably they are rank jobbers who are not very good <laughs> but they can be completely effective if used in the hands of a master or if exploited as cannon fodder to get through certain strategic choke points or you know so there's like some actual strategy that happens in the game what's even better though is like right there 127,000 points instead of getting any three pilots I could get two really good pilots or one fucking wicked awesome pilot at like a hundred thousand K that means I would only have one life but that guy has a lot of armor a lot of shields a lot of offensive capabilities and he's much more powerful than these jobbers these are the types of decisions that I've never had to make in a side-scrolling space shooter before and I love them because they are brilliant and they are further enhanced and augmented by the fact that generally each pilot that you can recruit has a very fleshed out distinct kind of not if not personality then uh unique set of random pop culture references delivered in crisp chirpy anime style sometimes in parody of itself Sometimes, um, as like a reference to, you know, a meta reference to something crazy that you are one of the three people who will ever get that joke. Um, so when, when you're, when you lose pilots, they, they have different, you know, and then they die. But as they jump in, they have like, they bring like this whole new personality that really helps cue you into the fact that basically there's a possibility that major components of your gameplay style have just changed it's subtle kind of but it is because it, it's really cool and puts the final polish on a tried and true 
classic side-scrolling space shooter that actually has innovated in ways that serve and enhance and advance the art form which we can never have too much of and which we see too little of. So yeah, that is Star Mazer, S-T-A-R-R-M-A-Z-E-R, D-A-S-P, which, yeah, it's going to be like a 12-hour show. I really did want to spend an extra moment because you might miss this game because it looks just like everyone else's two-week project called Project Let's See If We Can Make, you know, (laughs) 50 bucks a month by creating our first game from other people's fucking detritus and and cobbled together out of horrible tutorials to create exactly yet another unwanted, misbegotten, horrible clone of exactly another terrible side-scrolling space shooter to which no attention or detail has been paid and which actually violates the intellectual laws and rules um, according to the Geneva Convention in many, if not all, known portions of the civilized world. Um, You could be fooled that Star Mazer is one of those if you just like took a glance at. It is not one of those. This is one of the good side-scrolling, good, new, classic-styled, excellent side-scrolling shooters. You will hear even more of this in the weeks to come after I fucking beat it and dominate this bitch like a mug. Because this is the type of game I can play for forever. I have endless patience when it comes to uh, scrolling space shooters. So Star Mazer DSP. Now, I know that was the big title that you all were thinking I was alluding to in terms of new and noteworthy for this week. I know you weren't thinking of Master of Orion... The, like, oh, you know, waited, long-awaited sequel by, like, a factor of 15, 20 years, like, 92, if memory serves me, when the last Master of Orion game came out. Master of Orion has arrived on Linux. The reboot, the brand new reboot of the space-bound, massive strategy... Beer and pretzels. Uh, Long time holder of the title. Ultra champion, super Cadillac of, you know, galactic scale space colonization. Master of Orion originally uh, was the game. I think it was Master. I think it was Master of Orion. Um, if not, it had to have been like a progenitor. No, I'm pretty sure it was Master of Orion. They used to call these games 4X games, meaning they have four times the E. And the E stands for, which I can never remember after exterminate and exploit. Oh yeah, explore, expand, exploit, and exterminate. Now, fans of the series who have fond memories will find exactly the same, basically what I remember to be the, like a perfect one-to-one facsimile and update of the same play mechanic style and overall approach that characterized Master of Orion in the 90s. Um, and it has not been really modified or tinkered with beyond in any real significant ways, at least none that I can spot 
it seems very faithful to my memories of like, you know, it's progenitors. Now, here's what makes Master of Orion. To some people, this is, that makes this reboot, which came out, oh shit. Good job, Seth, for writing down the fucking release date. We are nothing if not thorough. And if we are not thorough, there is a possible, possible chance of accuracy randomly, spontaneously occurring within our facts. None of which have been vetted. Oh yeah, okay, so this came out February 26, 2016, but the Linux version just came out, I think on July 29th. Oh, anyway, so the good and the bad of Master of Orion. Fans, nostalgic fans of the original series who want to take like the prettier, complete update. I mean, it's a totally different game. It's not like, it's not just like, um, a special edition of the old original. Don't get me wrong. This is a full reboot, but the full reboot doesn't change a lot of what made the originals tick. Now, to one, to addicts of the contemporary, large scale, absurdly complex, beyond mind bendingly, um, robust, sophisticated, and, um, complicated and generally slower uh, type of, you know, universe scale, space colonization games, anything with a warp drive where, you know, you're gonna fight like, combat sequences against units that could just as easily be represented as models on a hexadecimal game board. Um, for fans of where that type of game has evolved to, and where it's reached in its modern form, for instance, in like just a re- just recently, the biggest one is of course Stellaris, which I found had overwhelmed me with its complexity in some areas, also underwhelmed me with its sparseness in other areas, and overall kind of had a narcoleptic, lurching, molasses-like pace that I ultimately decided was not my cup of tea. It's a great game. These are all very much personal preferences and and very innate, you know, kind of um player specific uh likes and dislikes and wants and you know, wish list items and and uh pitfalls to avoid items. I bring this up because what if Master of Orion shines in any aspect apart from nostalgia a lot of the critics and I think I, I've, I accidentally ended up reading two critical reviews this week crazy two weeks in a row it's horrifying it's a trend two of the more thoughtful and you know better written critical reviews I read of Master of this reboot of Master of Orion basically said this game is old feeling unsophisticated feeling and unless you're going to play it for pure nostalgia any fan who you know is really up to pace with the you know the modern 
the modern iteration of this type of game, which is way more complicated and, you know, blah, those types of players are going to f- try Master of Orion and find it wanting. I disagree for only one reason. Master of Orion does seem way simpler. Like, almost kind of shockingly simpler than any other game, uh, modern, modern competitor, uh, in the, you know, intergalactic warp drive space colonization strategy conquest, you know, blah, uh, genre. It feels way simpler, shockingly simpler. And at first, if you take that as like, if you take that as like a lacking, as like a, uh, an absence of features that give you control of nuances that you enjoy having control of that, you know, open up and expand, uh, vastly more complicated and, and, uh, challenging, intriguing and novel game scenarios and, you know, blocks. That's really what these games are. If that's the way you take it, I think you might be missing the secret weapon of Master of Orion. It's that it actually, pound for pound, is simpler than any of these other games, which means it plays four to five times at a pace that is turn per turn easily four to five times, maybe ten times faster on aggregate than a game like Stellaris. You are, you are on the move! You're Oscar Mike in this motherfucker, and it's refreshing to never feel overwhelmed and to be moving through the game this easily without being confused and without, and also enjoying what I, I, I think is a very well made, solid, if not kind of stodgy update of a classic. The way you can play this game, though, is really... I mean, the pace at which, after your first 20 minutes, you will basically know how to play the game. has a great tutorial, too. And you will find yourself rocketing through your turns. It's kind of neat to play a game like... It's like... It's almost kind of like what I imagine it might feel like to play really, really highly competitive uh, speed chess. At like a uh, higher level than I'm even capable of playing real chess, gives you kind of that sense of like adrenaline and actual strategy that's happening at warp speed. And if you're an old motherfucker like me, that warp speed isn't set to like, you know, forty trillion gigawatts. It's like turned down to a nice middle range, so that. You can see the sights and don't want to worry about driving up the road. Oh, hey. And it turns you into a Midwesterner. And then you're Irish. My God, it's madness. I have enjoyed the two hours I spent in Master of Orion. And I think it, if only by accident, it provides a need for a limited niche in the market. And I think I might be the only, only, only demographic, only statistical demographic 
that is being serviced. <laughs> okay, so that's Master of Orion. Check it out. Oh, and they, they have some nice-looking cinema sequences. Yeah, you know, they have some nice-looking character models, animations and stuff. You know, things happen. Lots of little nice touches, but it, it's really a very simple, very fast game. It's like you could, like, you can dominate it, like, in this sadomasochistic, like, horrendous, far-flung science fiction intergalactic bondage fantasy from hell, man! Yeah, I have no idea what that was supposed to mean, but Ivor says it's time for whiskey. So, Master of Orion, don't, don't, don't be so quick to knock it. And I, I didn't, the two reviews I read did not even consider that possible. The things that they found wanting from the game actually being something that I would regard as a huge asset. You know, no humongous learning curve and a game that actually plays at an energetic pace without outstripping my ability to understand and make, you know, actually my best attempt, feeble they may be, at strategic informed decisions. So, we had two other um games that are new and noteworthy, one of which, you know, we're running long, but I expected us to all be dead by this point in the podcast as the last starving survivor of our Oregon Trail succumbs to uh the <laughs> inevitable bleak End in annihilation. Starved. Meager rations. Dying of dysentery. Not even daring to hunt with that precious last bullet. Saving it instead for themselves. As they succumb to exposure. That's what I thought we were, that's where I thought we would be at this point. <laughs> By now. I do want to mention one other new and noteworthy title that I think lots of people um, in the Linux gaming community will be very interested. It's not my type of game, but for people whose type of game this is, this is the best. And to my knowledge, it's not a genre I, I'm intimately familiar with, nor do I, you know, um, keep up to date with it. And, and, you know, generationally, I've kind of been challenged by, Regarding the systems on which these you know, games have appeared as being you know, for little kids that require supervision from otherwise disinterested absentee parents who are too concerned about their Twitter feeds and taking selfies on the Las Vegas Strip than hiring a babysitter. Neglect! Depravity! Oh my god! The shocking truth of the forbidden ancient history of the Nintendo Wii. Now, um, I'm talking about the, um, the crossing, Animal Crossing style series of, um, rural chore slash task slash farm slash gardening slash, you know, kind of like Minecraft design-ish, decorating-ish, also with like, you know, role-playing game elements, that type of obsessive, semi-disturbing, unbelievable vortex that has consumed well over 700 trillion hours of otherwise per time that could have been spent on 
more productive tasks like contemplating paint and taking note of every unique phase that accompanies the drying phenomena. But anyway, I don't, I, you know, I don't knock people who like games that are, you know, simulations of chores or common, you know, there's, sometimes there's a rhythm to things and sometimes it's like nice to be able to escape into a reality that is simpler, more rigorous, demands more from you than your actual ordinary life and yet is so comfortably structured that it's oh and then there's pretty colors and music and and some character interaction well to my knowledge no major title has been available no series contender you know to like anything even pretending you know the degree of sophistication of possible polish of like an animal crossing game has been available for linux until stardew valley which oh my god is another game developed by those sadistic evil masterminds who are attempting to completely completely erase the fact that i once had a life with uh their endlessly addictive delightful whimsical charming touching craftable explorable infinite worlds as seen in the popular game starbound um stardew valley is developed by chucklefish london indie devs made him over a million dollars off of uh off of uh starbound you're moving to the valley anyway so this came out february 26 2016 originally but the port um making it available for Linux only came out on July 29th. I I keep a conscientious and alert eye out for games of this caliber that are you know, competitive on the same level with, you know, like name brand titles or whatever, you know. You know, not to say that Stardew Valley is a knockoff of it, but you know, Stardew Valley is totally within the same weight class and, and, uh, level of refinement and sophistication and everything that you like about, you know, like the Animal Crossing, I guess the Animal Crossing series, whatever. If you like patient multicolored chores, <laughs> and farming, which I love me some farming, but anyway, um, there's been nothing really that you could hold up with pride as being, see? Fucking world class, bitch! This genre here available on Linux, which is the only sensible alternative to any other operating system. For reals, it's the only one don't make you slave. Pay for freedom. Don't pay for slavery. That's a bad deal. So yeah, Stardew Crossing, uh, to me, ch- checks off a long way to be filled. Um, box in terms of a type of genre that I have been waiting to come to Linux and like I mean it's just ridiculous like user reviews recent overwhelmingly positive 1404 reviews that's recent overall overwhelmingly positive 27,829 and some of the reviews actually on the, the, the user reviews on this page are fucking hilarious but um yeah, so that's Stardew Valley. If that's your type of game, 
got no excuse other than to play it on Linux. Time for you to get rid of that Windows PC. It been eating your brain for so long you don't even feel your own sanity having abandoned you. Very sad. Stardew Valley is here to save the day. Mmm. And it's developed by Chucklefish. So I had to buy it. Even though I, pro- I probably and kind of earnestly hope that I never, ever will. Because it looks like it could come to control me and my life. Possibly in perpetuity. Until the end of time. So that's the end of our new and noteworthy. Uh, to recap, we had um, <laughs> Super uh, Star Mazar. Mazar DSP S T A R R M A Z E R DSP side scrolling shooter Master of Orion Galactic Space Conquest Allah authentically reproduced Allah the year 1994 uh, for better or worse um, and Stardew Valley you know a crossing style game for all your crossing style needs and with new and noteworthy done, yeah, we might go an hour and a half. I'll be surprised if we, I'll be surprised if anyone is, if there's even a single combatant left standing. The end, so unreachable. Punch it, Ivor! Chewy, I said punch it! Motherfucker. Oh my god, indeed. The Libyans! Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. I can read your mind. Well, we know that there's one person in this studio who definitely is completely incapable of reading my mind. Actually, any mind, including his own, and that would be crack engineer Ivor Molina. Once again, hitting me with the whiskey cue. Thank you for that wonderfully timed bumper. Ivor, almost like a real professional idiot. (laughs) Someone who is as incompetent as you, but has somehow managed to parlay it into a gig, which against all sense of logic, reason, or rationality, or economy, actually provides you with monetary reimbursement for your failed and futile efforts. So enough with Ivor. Here's our feature this week, which is very different for us. We only spent 10 minutes on it. Not too much. This is a game that I am sure over the next three weeks, now that I am completely, um, it's slave kind of. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's really, you know, once again, to bring up the bondage, domination, submission, um, sadomasochistic motif that if it hasn't been obviously running through this uh, week's episode for you, dear listener, it has been singing through every second in my soul. Ah, uh, because something says <laughs> BDSM torture bondage humiliation. This game has basically made me its bitch in a really uncomfortable way that I also really have come to enjoy in an equally uncomfortable way. So the game that we're talking about it's called From the Depths, 
and it's been around for a while now. It's still in early access. It's been available for Linux for, oh, God, I, you know, for a significant portion of time. This is not a brand new game. However, it has been on, like, both my want, watch, and follow lists for well over, like, you know, a year, even longer than that. So this week, I was like, ah, ha, ha, there's nothing coming out. Ah, good, I can finally get to spend some time with my backlog of infinite titles that I have been trying to spend time with ever since two years ago. Hooray. Oh, but let's just buy this game and it will only take a moment. And then all these other games came out for our new and noteworthy. And yet, it was too late to save me. From the Depths is a voxel-based to wit. Um, it's a game that looks... It's built out of voxels, which are like, you know, just... cubic geometry. It looks kind of like Minecraft. Um, But, from the depths, instead of being about, like, resource gathering and then building super cool things and exploring, from the depths is actually An absurdly detailed simul, uh, rendering of a physical, uh, what do you call it? Aircraft, aeronautical, uh, physics simulation that's detailed, robust, and comes in the bright, happy, shiny, friendly, seeming veneer of something as seductively simple as cute little ships made out of things that look like Minecraft blocks. How hard could it be? Oh my god! So, how hard can it be? Well, let's take into consideration here that from the depths, before you even consider buying it, and by the way, I am deeply in love with this game, and I fear that it could be the source of unending fascination, like a pool of wonder or a magic fountain, not in my lab, but in a mountain. I don't know, I had to rhyme there. Seriously, like this game... Even though it's in early access and has been for forever, what they have already accomplished in this game is not just fairly breathtaking, but is basically mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowingly breathtaking. See, because from the depths, let you build your own ships. Oh, wow, that sounds really shitty, Seth. You need to, like, sell me what... Why do I care about the ships I can build here? Oh, you care about these ships? Because unlike some shoddy, fake, you know, uh, tinfoil hat, four-point simulation engine that does nothing to actually attempt to model um, complex interactions of dynamic forces like currents, waves, wind, water, pressure, 
um, etc. Does nothing even take any. Oh no! In this, our greatest simulation ever made, build your own ship out of a fucking box. This is like you know the competition, and sail it effortlessly using our marvelous physics engine, which allows you to cruise at the same uniform speed in any direction you choose, just like you're the captain of a real wooden box, imprisoned in your own hellish, deranged imaginings of what a simulation could be that offered you the world and delivered you exquisite disappointment. No, you see, see, the building blocks and shit and the actual build system for what you build and design and from the depths, it's cute. It's simple. Looks familiar. Four hours in, it was really like, you know, three and a half hours for me. You'll have this if you last that long and really take the time to learn the controls now here's the coolest thing though about and here's where the sadistic domination aspect of the monstrous evil that operates the heart of this game that has now seized control of my will and has forced me to pledge undying allegiance you know to serve it um the tutorial mode in From the Depths I do not believe is at all optional. Furthermore, the tutorial mode, if my current pace is any indication, past results, possibly correlating to prospective forward progress, the tutorial is also well over 20 hours long. It's also very, very well done. It also intentionally punishes you as hard as it can. Doing its earnest best to make the marks within your brain that can only be shaped and imparted by having endured an invasive surgical branding procedure. Some neurological procedure that rearranges your brain based on the sharp and ever vivid memory of enduring the shocking suffering and horrible horrible horror that such a thing that was supposed to play friendly with you could be so cruel that is the learning process and they do this for a a fucking excellent reasons and they do it to wonderful effect. Such that by the time you hit, you know, four, I'm four hours in. At this rate, it will take easily 20 hours to complete the tutorial. Which is broken up into tiny little sections, some of which consist of reading, like literally just static reading, but most of which consists of some form of interactive, um, or even bare minimum partially interactive uh uh building exercise that 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 describes absolute essentials that are fundamental to every aspect of the game 
and it does a really remarkably good job of breaking down at least the really complicated initial steps towards building whatever the fuck you want. We'll get there in a moment. Cause wait, you want to wait for the money, for the money shot, the punchline. There is more than I'm letting on so far. Basically, yeah, sure, you can build a ship out of these cute little voxels and it's very easy to build a ship, especially once you know how the controls work. It is really easy. And if you have any experience with 3D modeling or design, um, I found it incredibly simple to adopt their precision um keyboard they call it the keyboard based but anyway the first tutorial is going to be on how to you know blah, blah, how to switch view modes blah. no no individual aspect of any of that core basic stuff interface stuff is really that complicated or counterintuitive placing blocks isn't difficult either now building an engine Building an engine actually is one of those topics that no matter how you really approach it, it's impossible to unfuckify from the simple fundamental problem. Building a fucking engine is fucking complicated. <laughs> it's a, it is not a simple machine. Your knowledge of mechanics especially just general mechanics, be it automotive or, you know, um, your grasp of even just practical Newtonian physics or, you know, automotive mechanics really helps. Uh, any sort of familiarity, you will learn patiently through really finding every possible way to fail at building an engine. You will, you will learn. And only by by making you feel the full brunt of its closed-fisted punch to your jaw does from the depths ensure that you retain this hard-won knowledge, which, as you progress through the tutorials, becomes absurdly expansive in terms of applications, customizations, design decisions, and possible uses. See, like I said, aeronautic, voxel-based aeronautic simulation. From the Depths allows you to build any craft of any type that... You know what? I don't know if you can build sailing ships. I don't think it... Although, it does have... I, I, I have not checked the... I don't... I, uh, that might be in the future. It'd be really... There's no reason why they really couldn't. So I'm wondering if that's something that, like, I have to, like, learn about or... But it doesn't matter. What it... What I know that it actually... <laughs> what I know that it actually simulates as a robust, incredibly realistic, astonishingly... Uh, what do you call it? Um, responsive, uh, robust, exciting, yet the level and degree of accuracy of the simulated, the physical simulation that it's modeling never, uh, makes the game feel, 
uh, victim to like, you know, a sense of stodginess, tiredness, or like a slavish devotion to detail, uh, like some, some early, you know, aeronautical, um, simulators, like, uh, Microsoft Flight Sim, very, you know, always suffered from this kind of just general shitty sluggishness, you know, blah, it's like, okay, well, Evidently, you guys can't even handle the processing overhead you have managed to cram into this nightmarish fiasco of <laughs> endless gibberish that is spiraling stochastically throughout all possible readouts and, you know, blah, and it's making my plane's animation of turning three degrees take Zencone level lengths of complexity and slow down to actually render into something that's playable. All of that is not what From the Depths is. From the Depths From the Depths is an aeronautical physics simulator that by the time you are where I am in the tutorial and have been really, really first marked by the initial wounds that will forever brand you as a good student who <laughs> learned to obey. Oh my God, forever marked. Initial ranking burning into my head. Ah! <laughs> It gets really sadistic and mean during some of the end of tutorial quizzes. <laughs> I almost as if they had been constructed by someone as monstrous as myself, but you really quickly come to see the utility of this approach because there are so many things that you can actually just I feel very confident I have a very limited understanding of what, of, you know, of this game. Four hours in to the tutorials, I'm almost positive that I can build from scratch a submarine that I am capable of controlling rationally, logically, and customizing every degree of its handling characteristics in the water, its dive speed, every characteristic of it, its turning speed, every characteristic of it. I'm also absolutely 100% positive that I could build any type of boat that I can basically imagine, provided that it's a, you know, <laughs> single engine, you know, rear engine. That's the only thing I really know how to build, but knowing how to build that type of engine, you would be surprised how frequently such types of <laughs> engines can be used in surprisingly unique and complicated, sophisticated situations. So, you can make submarines, you can make any type of boat, you can make any type of submarine you want. Your block decisions, the angles, the lines of your hull, 
the materials you choose, the weight, where your center of mass is. It's just like shipbuilding from scratch. But by the time you get to four hours, you feel vi- you are at least confident that you can build. Ah, you know what? I don't think that there's a boat with a rear propeller that I can imagine that I am not capable of figuring out how to build regardless of wherever my creative dementia takes me. Which leads us to the final money shot of From the Depths. That's four hours in, though. And those four hours are difficult. Especially really getting the hang of engines, just the initial hang of it. It's pretty punishing, but there really is no <laughs> way of making it any simpler than the game does. Ah, I said aeronautical. So if it can sail, if it can submerge, surface, or fly, the physics simulation and block system presents the non-neophyte and sufficiently initiated um, creative mind to an endless world of possibilities in which you are able to craft enormous devastating warships with hundreds of guns that are capable of vertical takeoff, hovering, and also of submerging, if you want. And then you can fight your creations and fleets of your cumulative creations at the side of your friends and against your friends online. Un-fucking-believable. This game is for you. Like, this is the type of game that you will enjoy if you have ever, ever kind of sort of wanted to build and design your own Starfighter or X-Wing or humongous capital ship from scratch and have control and understanding and, like, real, 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 like... The angles of the planes that you choose to patch up a a broken spot of the rear of your hull has a massive effect on even the stupidest initial, you know, single engine boat in this game. The possibilities. They're not just endless. They are within your reach. That reach is going to not be a simple exercise. It's going to be a rock climbing session, intellectually. But once you're kind, once, once it's basically popped your cherry, you will become like I, a slave. Once you take the black blood of Kali, you'll never wake up. I too have heard the stories of the From the Depths called. So, this game is for people who have ever ex- expressed any desire to really build monstrous fucking things or really complicated 
um, light gliders or craft that are capable of operating in zero gravity, uh, outer space situations. I don't know what their re-entry model is like or if it supports that. Oh, and then if you want to fight those creations, which you will make attentively and whose design will reflect exactly what you want. It's amazing. It's amazing how responsive it is. Then yes, you too, it is already too late. Your life become like a nightmare. You won't wake up. You wake up next to me and welcome to the converted cadet. So that is from the depths. Is it for you? It is not a simple game. It actually is a simple game, but it's a game whose very subject matter is so inherently complex, i.e. aeronautical engineering, ship design, construction, physics, and, oh, you know, how it interacts all together, and then controlling in warfare, watching people's ships explode as you, you fire fucking tactical broadsides at these guided missiles. It's fucking rad- radical. It's really radical. It's really pretty. Can't wait. Can't wait to learn more and make more shit. I really wish I were playing it right now. So if you have that kind of creative bent, if you, if you always thought Minecraft, even with mods on your favorite server, even the best and most sophisticated ultimate, you know, what basically served as the final versions of the best of the vehicle design and customization from scratch modifications on your favorite server, if you thought that all of that was woefully was such a missed opportunity for them to build out into something truly glorious absolutely from the depths is for you oh it's so good it's very challenging it's 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 oh it's very good and it's very pretty and it's very very sadistic and mean and just like every one of my ex-girlfriends, not only will you come to understand and appreciate the variety and sadism of the man, the ways in which this total abject cruelty uh, towards you uh, appears, you will become grateful and learn to love and rely on it. It's a love story. So that's From the Depths. Is it for you? Oh my god, we're gonna make it out before an hour and a half, Ivor. And you, you motherfucker, you dirty liar, you said we're all gonna die! Uh, see, Ivor, it's that kind of attitude. You never get to the end of the Oregon Trail with that kind of attitude. Fucking rations back on meager for Ivor. I need more whiskey. It's, oh my god, we need a break. We need a break right now to address this dire whiskey situation. And when we come back, you'll never guess what we'll have. The deals, baby. All oh, the deals. <laughs> Bring on the bargains, Ivor! Show them our resolve! <laughs> Yeah, you see, it's totally not crazy. It's completely... First off, 
We have a very oddly kind of demi-retro-themed deal section that calls back to some of our all-time old favorites from, like, even the very origins of this podcast. But anyway, first off, we have Rogue Lands. Not Rogue... Not not Rogue Glands, but Rogue Lands. R-O-G-U-E-L-A-N-D-S. A title we gave very copious amounts of shit to. Uh, during <laughs> for its title, and it's impossible, <laughs> non-translatable into radio ease. Um, titled during our uh, "Who is the best of the baddest procedurally generated rogue eggs?" Oh my god! Feature from like six months ago, Rogue Lands, which is a fabulous procedurally generated rogue-like game. Very pretty too. Um, you die a lot in this game, a lot. It'll gonna fuck you up, man. I seen it. I lived it. Roguelands now through August 29th. Super game is 50% off. It's not that old of a game. It only came out like four months ago, I think. 50% off at $4.99. That's like easily like 70 hours of game for $4.99. And it's not even like ancient game. It's like, oh yeah, it came out this year game. So that is Roguelands. I I refuse to ever say that the title of that game again. Up next, one of my favorite, most um, innovative uh, side-scrolling. Mm, can't call it a platform. Can't can't call it a side-scrolling platformer. Cannot accurately describe it as a puzzler. Definitely is not a two-dimensional role-playing game. And for damn sure, it's it's not a complex, whiz-bang, technological, uh, snap-diddy-doohickey, uh, inventory-based, um, physics-modeled, orthographic representation of a quantum-collapsed <laughs> cascade of possible outcomes of a single electron position in the universe. No. But it is, in fact, all of those things, and I'm not getting more. And with personality to spare, Feist. F-E-I-S-T. One of those games, you know. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those games like Feist. Yeah, yeah. You know, the ones that, like, really... Yeah, I know, yeah. They're in their own category forever. <laughs> Because there's nothing that's ever going to be there other than that game. Because it's like that crazy, brilliant and stuff. Yeah, Feist. Feist, the surprisingly, shockingly brutal melee combat as a fuzzball who's adorable as he navigates spooky, spooky, alien, terrifying natural environments so that he can beat, kill, and conquer using fucking physics-based combat (laughs) and uh, you know deep thinking wits and uh, unbelievable art and incredible design Feist is one of the best games that I've ever played on Steam Feist never goes on sale right now through August 29th it's 50% off 
that makes it a really good deal at $7.49, which is kind of sinful to pay only $7.49 for a game like Feist that is so obvious, a product of a slavish devotee. hours until they revealed it complete magisterial and really awesome and the final product feist 50% off $7.49 up next Jeffy Wise's all time favorite piece of copy to ever be featured on the show from the steam store page Cosmicoria CO oh my god I remember the last time I had to mention this <laughs> this is always like the worst challenge the spelling of this out. <clears throat> Cosmocoria. C-O-S-M-O-C-H-O-R-I-A. Awesome. Say it with me. Cosmocoria. Cosmocoria. Famous not only for its quirky uh, overall design, concept, gameplay, model, and um, art style. Cutesy Katamari Damashi-esque pseudo minimalistic uh you know block but it's famous on this podcast for a reason that's even more important than all of those qualities and characteristics yes cosmicoria the game whose store description brought you this entirely Unique and irreproducible, or whatever, inimitable line of drop dead, gorgeous knockout psycho copy. And Steve is not gonna let me open anything. <laughs> Here we go. This is bang up copy that really gets the kids going and gets the grown ups blood pumping. No idea what that's supposed to mean, but it sounds filthy and terrifying. Cosmicoria, a tiny naked cosmonaut with a jetpack and laser blaster, must revive a dying galaxy by planting one seed at a time. An innovative and addictive arcade adventure experience with mystery and intrigue in all the right places. Especially when you say it like really nasty like that. Terrifically dirty. And that makes it sound even better. <laughs> Um, and they changed the copy. Oh, wait, no, no, it was, it was, it was, uh, hang on. This is worth it. Worth it. Oh, no. Oh, no, you bastard ruined my favorite thing. Ha ha! No, it's still there! Cosmicoria's ESR, ESRB content rating carries a descriptor that is unique in the known universe and forever shall remain the sole property of Cosmicoria rated E for everyone wild comic violence tiny cartoon parentheses male nipples tiny cartoon male nipples Cosmicoria <laughs> Cosmicoria now through <laughs> Jeff if, if he ever gets this far into this episode he's gonna love that 
Jeff, as always. Big fan of the tiny male nipples. Tiny male, the tiny cartoon. Tiny cartoon. Male nipples. <laughs> At no point in writing that descriptor did the person <laughs> of putting that designation on this title. At no point did did they have a sense of humor that was capable of going, wait a minute. This is fundamentally ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, Cosmicoria, with its all both of them, two for one, tiny male cartoon, tiny cartoon male nipples, 50% off. This game almost never goes on sale. It's a very, I'm, I've never gotten enough time to play it as much as I always wanted to, but distant ancient memory of like, you know, 10 minutes that I spent with it. I, I mean, I own it. I bought it forever ago. Just never had time for it. I remember it being really weird, really intuitive, and uh, fairly unique with its nipple issue. Which is why we know the Cosmicoria keeps in the deepest hell spawn of Satan to corrupt our use with its, oh my god, a shame, realistic depiction of tiny cartoon male nipples. Cosmicoria, support your local Satan. Up next, continuing with like the, oh yeah, wow, this is one of our favorite games from ancient times. Baby, do you want to drive my car? <laughs> roundabout, roundabout, everyone's favorite top-down <laughs> arcade simulation of Crazy Taxi crossed with the only minor complication of the fact that your fucking limousine is a constantly rotating 360 degree non-stop wide awake acid trip nightmare with with full motion acting sequences depicting you your intrepid hero who I think is supposed to be a boy but is played by an unbelievably hot girl Oh, yes. Everyone's favorite rotating, spinning cartoon limousine time challenge nightmare roundabout. <laughs> Absolutely a fabulous game. 75% off now through August 22nd or 29th at $2.49. If you've been waiting, I mean, really, $2.49, it is so worth that. It's crazy. You will love roundabout if you have like any sense of, you know, joy in you. And speaking of things that are crazy, operating on four wheels and ah, do not correspond to anything known as reason. There's a bomb on a bus. It is inside your brain. And that brain is controlled by unspeakable insanity. You must use only resource you have at your disposal. Your bus, yourself, which are four wheels and a thick wheel, which you use to pilot it, cannot be stopped until all madness is conquered. Do scenario after scenario. Only you can get to the moon and make it safe for freedom. Omnibus, we count on you. I'm Richard Blastic. I'm not a crocodile. Omnibus, a game that basically redefined what could be done. With a very, 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 very simple premise. Go completely apeshit, batshit, totally fucking nuts. And 
and then take it to every possible permutation beyond all known, conveniently accessible, you know, readily available, completely incomprehensible logical machinations that make no sense. That is what Omnibus is. Very fun game. Be warned. It will control your mind, and once it controls your mind, the bomb isn't on the bus. The bomb is in your mind, and your mind is on the bus, and you can never leave the bus. No, oh my god, now we're going to the moon. Omnibus, so show us your slick moves. I've never seen a bus bus moves like that. Omnibus, I love you. Omnibus, really an experiment in total madness. Whimsy and uh, really, 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 really good game design. Uh, even though... <laughs> Even though it's like this horrible redneck pixel trash, hellish retro nightmare, it is so good at being that hellish retro nightmare. <laughs> it takes that, takes that look to a whole new levels of just like, oh yes, like why I had a stomach ache every time I had to sit down on a fucking computer monitor until the time I was. 15. Oh, it's this color palette. Oh, it's so alive. It makes me feel so nauseous. Omnibus. Now available for 50% off. This is not an old game. 50% off. $4.99 now through August 29th. So then, to recap very quickly, one hour and 40 minutes. Holy shit. Not a single casualty. Oh, wait. That's because they're all dead. Oh. Nope. Oh, what's that, Ivor? Oh, no, they're all alive. Everyone made it. Great. So, hi, guys. I'm glad to see you here at the end of our endurance challenge of insanity. Let's have some whiskey. And remember, our fallen dead, taken by dysentery, despair, meager rations, and Seth's total refusal to ever feed anyone anything, and his absolute steadfast insistence on fording any and all river Regardless of time, circumstances, or weather. Trust him. He's a wagon leader. He's got faith. We're going to Oregon. Omnibus. Okay, so recapping our deals. And then we're going to get you and me out of here like almost like the past. So the deals. Man, we had a big deal. We had a lot of show this week. I'm surprised. Only hour and 40 minutes. Um... Oh, and now my notes just shut down. Okay, yo, there we go. Okay, cool. We are ready to wrap it up. Okay, uh, all of our deals this week actually all expire on August 29th, which is like eh, 24 hours from now. Um, two o'clock in the morning on Sunday. So anyway, we had Roguelands, R-O-G-U-E-L-A-N-D-S, not the filthy-minded monstrosity of perversion that you disgusting people out there imagined. Roguelands, 50% off, $4.99. Feist, F-E-I-S-T, 50% off, $7.49. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Roguelands was 50% off at $4.99. Feist, 50% off at $7.49. Cosmocoria, which comes replete and complete with the finished set on this special two-for-one deal of tiny cartoon male nipples and a whole game along with them. Cosmicoria, 50% off at $4.99. The charming whimsy 
of complete and total insanity that is roundabout. <laughs> I've never been able to even comprehend, after having played it, you know, I've played it exhaustively, but I've never been able to read the title roundabout without instantly smiling or just giggling. I find the premise of that game so fucking <laughs> insane. It's like total whimsical madness. Roundabout, 75%, $2.49. Give it a try. Even if you hate it, that's less than it costs to to burn down a whole big track of rainforest and strip mine it and then destroy the environment. So really, get roundabout. Stop that from happening. Be the change you want to see in the world. And finally, speaking of change in the world, Omnibus! Ha! You're the trick master, Omnibus! I respect you, Omnibus! You're our only hope, Omnibus! Make the moon safe for freedom! Omnibus! 50% off, $4.99. And then to recap the entire show, we had a Star Mazar DSP in our new and noteworthy, that was a side-scrolling space shooter, Master of Orion, and uh, Stardew Valley for you Animal Crossing fans, and we had the final verdict and, uh, you know, very long <laughs> apologetic, but, you know, truth, I can't, I can't not, I can't, I, truth, 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 but no, he resorts to lies, and these aren't your average, ordinary, utilitarian, everyday kind of lies, no, these are elaborate lies. Sorry, what's wrong with Jimmy? Uh, and then we had our final verdict on um, This is the Police. And our feature uh, From the Depths. From the Depths. Build Insane Vehicles Omnibus! Up, up, and away! Cheers, thank you for listening. I'll see you next week longer but easily 400 times more insanity was packed into this episode per second than all of the previous episodes combined I'm glad to say that you are now my crewmate having survived and endured this challenge away Excelsior <laughs> The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. 
for great justice.